Are you ready to be awakened and empowered in your calling and purpose? Are you a builder and shaper of the church, marketplace, and society? Welcome to Transformation Generation Podcast. I'm your host, Derek Schneider, and I look forward to helping you get equipped as a catalyst of the kingdom in your sphere. So those are some of the main elements of a system. I want to tell you a little story of my own introduction to systems and processes. And keep in mind, in our trainings, we teach certain systems like how to reach 10,000 people in a single year. Some of us pastors are not even thinking like that. Because <laughs> we think, I don't want to put a number out there. I'm limiting God. Let me tell you, when you put a number out there and you build a system to reach it, you are giving, you are giving God something to hang your faith on. You are saying, Lord, this is what I'm going for. And we actually demonstrate how to take 12 people and reach 10,000 people in one year, a thousand of which become members of your church. But let me give a small example of my introduction to systems. In our local church years ago, and many pastors might be able to relate to this, I remember I would come to the stage on a Sunday morning and the pulpit microphone wouldn't be turned on, okay? <laughs> the worship team would be going and I would come to the stage because I would close worship and I would exhort the people to pray and, and encourage them and, and I would pray and rebuke sickness and disease. But we had this problem where when I would come to the stage, the, the pulpit mic would be turned off or the amp uh, uh, that would give the, the feedback wouldn't be turned on and wouldn't have been tested. This went on so many times that I began to get frustrated, and there I am at the stage, and pastors, you might understand this, I'm trying to pray and welcome the presence of the Lord, but I've got one eye closed and one eye open, and I'm, I'm waving at the sound man, and I'm pointing at the amp <laughs> that's not turned on, or I'm pointing at the mic, and then the congregation that's worshiping, uh, they stop worshiping because they want to help me and tell me that my mic's not on. So in the crowd, they're, they're going like this and, and pointing, and, and that breaks them out of the anointing. It breaks the worship time. And now I'm praying for people's needs, and I'm frustrated and mad at the sound man. I remember some of our good-hearted intercessors approached me after, and they said, Pastor, I think we know what's going on with the, the, the sound each week. And they said, it's, it's the sound demons that are trying to stop the voice of the prophet. And they had a very spiritual explanation for why we couldn't get the mic working. And you know what? Sometimes there is legitimate spiritual root causes for certain things. And they told me, we are going to begin to pray against this. And every week, they were praying against the sound demons. And I was frustrated with the sound man or woman. And then one day, I'm walking through an airport. I bet you know that an airport is a, is a massive organization filled with systems and processes. And if even one of them goes wrong, you know it because your luggage doesn't show up. But airports are massive organizations of many systems. And I'm walking through the airport one day, 
And I go into the men's washroom, and I notice that the, the washroom is immaculate. And the owner or, or CEO of that airport isn't standing there making sure that it's being cleaned every day. No, he's not even there. But there's a system that has been put in place to ensure the goal is reached of keeping that men's washroom clean at all times. As I went to wash my hands, and I kind of admired at how clean this washroom was, I looked and I saw a clipboard hanging on the wall. You may have seen something like this before, maybe at a restaurant or somewhere. And I notice on the clipboard that there is a system set in place of steps. And, and the, the, the janitorial group or janitorial person uh, goes in and as he or she cleans the washroom, they have to initial certain items on this clipboard. Thus, the CEO is able to know that the washroom has been done because it's initialed. This is just a very basic system that's put in place to ensure a goal so we don't have to wait on a miracle. <laughs> we don't have to pray for the washroom to be clean. We can just, like God does, set up a system and a process that determines a particular outcome. So after seeing this clipboard, I went back to my own local church and I created a clipboard for the sound people. <laughs> and I had, you know, this need to be checked at this time, this needed to be checked, the amp needs to be sound checked, the microphone needs to be checked that it's on, and I created this system on this, this clipboard, and I gave it to the sound people, and they began to use it, and I, as they worked the system, as they would initial off on each of the items, something profound happened. We no longer had trouble with sound demons. <laughs> the sound and tech demons that were stopping the voice of the prophet were suddenly removed from the building. Was it a miracle? Was it spiritual? It was just a good system. It is still the wisdom of God. Even if you didn't perform a miracle to solve the problem, when you incorporate systems and processes that... that cause and adherence to righteous principles, you are still doing the work of God that he has been doing since, generation, uh, since Genesis when he made a seven-day system. <laughs> when you begin to incorporate systems into your ministry, now you're not waiting on the miracle necessarily. You are executing God's judgment and organization in the earth. You know, oftentimes we're praying for God to do things that he is called us to do. In our churches, in our ministries, in our organizations, there are times when we're crying out to God to fix something and we don't realize that we don't necessarily need more prayer, and I'm a praying person, believe me, but we don't necessarily need more prayer meetings, we need wisdom. We love that David fought and sought for the presence of God, but King Solomon built from a place of wisdom. That's why he was able to set up systems that prospered Israel. Oftentimes, it's the little tweaks, the little changes in our ministries and lives that come from heavenly wisdom that performs the miracle. Hallelujah. For example... Let's say that in your church parking lot, uh, you want your car to be moved from point A to B. Let's say Sally's car is blocking a fire exit, 
and the pastor wants the car moved and the pastor gets up on the stage and he makes an announcement and says, we need to move this car from this, from this area back to the back of the parking lot. And so what happens? He gets the intercessors to begin to pray. <laughs> and they're interceding that somehow this car will get from this part of the parking lot to the back of the parking lot. And uh, as he's praying, 10 to 15 strong guys get up and they go out and they go to pick up the car. And they're lifting this car and they're, they're going to move it from point A to Z. And as they're about to move it, Sweet Sally walks out and tells them to put the car down, tells the intercessors to stop praying, and she takes out a tiny key. <laughs> she slips the key into the ignition and makes a, a, a simple turn. And guess what happens? The engine starts and she easily moves the car. This is why sometimes God is not answering certain prayers. Because we're oftentimes praying for things that he's already done, or we're praying for things that he's calling you to go and do. He's asking you to set up a system. Our History Makers Academy, as I mentioned, you know, we create systems that even just small groups can do in a community that create massive change. It was in our city of Oshawa that the mayor wanted to present our movement with, a, with an award for so much transformation that began to take place in our community. And I remember when we held the event at the local university, he was shocked when he went to give the award and we only had 13 graduates there. <laughs> Just 13 people had created such systemic change in the city, they thought there had to be hundreds of us. <laughs> it's the power of systems and processes. While you're waiting for your city to come running to your church, your city is waiting for you to go running to them. We're called to be solutionists. We're called to be kingdom practitioners. We're called to carry kingdom principles and package them in a way, in the form of a, a, a seniors program, in the form of a program for single moms. We're called to be creative with systems in society that caused the kingdom to go forth and brings change. Let me tell you about discipling nations for a moment on this subject. When we began our ministry in Bulgaria, the nation of Bulgaria, and by the way, now we have many of these small groups, we call them society small groups, we have them in Bulgaria, and they're changing laws. They're getting Christian-based textbooks put into the school system from grades one to four already. We have them in the school system there. And, and in Bulgaria, there are many gypsy people, and, and many of the gypsy people in Europe are rejected. They're despised. Oftentimes, they're, they're very homeless, or they live in gypsy ghettos where they're living even among their own garbage. And there are churches that have been planted there, and I've, I've been to some of them. And man, when you walk in the door, n nobody does music like gypsy people. Let me tell you, when you walk in the door and the gypsy praise is going and the gypsy worship is going on, you are just dancing and experiencing the atmosphere of heaven. <laughs> and, and, but many of those gypsies, when they walk out the door of the church, they end up going home to abuse. They go home to poverty. 
They go home to all kinds of issues that have not been able to be solved by having a single service within the four walls of a building on the corner. Just think about that. It hasn't been able to be solved. No matter how many missionaries have gone and held crusades, as good as crusades are, no matter how many missionaries have gone and, 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 and held crusades and performed signs and performed wonders and even evangelized them, the gypsy people as a nation, they're called the Roma people, have not necessarily been transformed. It's a hard-to-reach people group. When our History Maker Society went into Bulgaria, we created a system, a process of transformation that has steps. We take from homeless level, gypsy person, all the way up to starting a business or getting a job and integrating them into society. <laughs> I'll never forget when our our director phoned me because, you know, those steps actually have like teaching on hygiene, uh, uh, Bible study in, in kingdom principles, how to start a business. I'll never forget when my director there phoned me and he said, Pastor, and I could hear that he was, he was weeping a little bit. He said, Pastor, we've never seen this before. We've had so many missionaries come. We've had, we've had all kinds of services and crusades here. You could even call it revival meetings. But I've never seen what I'm seeing right now. And he began to describe how some of these gypsy people had come through the system. It's a kingdom system rooted in kingdom principles. How they came through this kingdom system. And they began to, to get laptop computers. If, if, if you don't know what a miracle this is. <laughs> they began to get laptop laptop computers, and they were teaching them why you need to return emails. And some of them were going to school. Some of them, one of them in particular, she went and learned the English language, okay? She came through this history maker system that we put in place there. And she learned the English language, and then she went to school for psychology, this is a true story. And in fact, when she stood up uh, on the stage at our national conference, she even looked physically different. She dressed different. Now she had a Mercedes car. She was literally, you were seeing kingdom transformation, holistic transformation, not just I'm saved and I come to church, but I'm still living in poverty. I'm still struggling with things. I, I don't look like a kingdom carrier. You'd never know that I met God. No, this woman stood on that stage and she had taken her ministry and, and she said, Lord, you told me I would, I would counsel people. I'd be a psychologist. I'd be a counselor, but nobody's coming yet to my, to my office. And so she took the office to the streets and she went to the poorest of the poor and she took this one, this one woman. I've seen it. I have the photos. I was there. She went and took this homeless gypsy woman from, from the forest. This woman smelled in her own filth and excrement and took her and put her in the back seat of her Mercedes. And she brought this woman to the rehab center that she had now created. <laughs> she understood the power of miraculous systems and process, or, or should I say the miracle of God that's found in righteous systems and processes. And she brought this woman uh, into the process. And this woman had 
dead hands. If you were to see her fingers, we have the before photos and the after. Her, her fingers were black and they, they needed to be amputated. And they were trying to get a doctor to amputate these fingers and the doctors didn't care about her. They wouldn't see her. And finally they got a doctor who agreed to amputate the fingers as this woman was going through one of our, our rehab systems. And when they went to go to that doctor that day, they prayed and the doctor didn't show up. We still don't know why, but he never showed up to amputate the fingers. And so this, this woman that was one of our graduates took that lady, the homeless lady, back to the rehab center. And every day they began laying hands on these dead fingers. And not only was this woman learning the process of rehabilitation, not only was she learning about hygiene, not only was she learning about how to function in, in societal environments, but her fingers, the life began to flow back into her fingers. I call it a creative miracle. We saw the power, the miraculous power of one person coming through a system. She not only gave her life to Jesus, but she began to function like a normal human being and became a kingdom carrier too in her society. Hallelujah. It's the power of systems and processes. If you really want to see your nation turned upside down, we've got to shift from waiting on God to perform a miracle. I know we say, you know, we quote, can a nation be born in a day? And we gather for the prayer meeting and we say, there we've prayed. If you have only prayed and not acted after the prayer meeting, it's like, it's like the sin of irresponsibility. You see, national transformation is a partnership with God. And we have to partner with God, who is spirit, with natural earthly tools. Wisdom. Tools of wisdom. When God raised up Joseph from, from the place of, of the pit... And you know the story into the prison and all that Joseph endured until he was raised up to become the prime minister. And we always say, Lord, this is a Joseph generation and raise up the Josephs for the media mountain and education and raise up the Daniels. What we forget is that Joseph, as prime minister, managed probably the greatest economy of the greatest nation in the then known world. From famine, he managed it from famine and prosperity. Listen, Joseph had more than a prayer life. Joseph did more than declarations and prophetic protocols. Joseph knew something. He had a wisdom. He knew how to manage things. He knew economic systems. He understood administration. He was a man of excellent. And when you as a, as a systematic person and a spiritual person, when you can bring the two together, the excellence in the spirit and wisdom in the natural, now you have the Joseph of your generation. Now you have the Daniel. <laughs> I love the story of Daniel because... Here he is, a man of God. And, and the king of Babylon puts him in charge of all of the occultists and witches. And I used to wonder about that, how that could be. I think the king probably thought, look, all of you are spiritual. I don't know who the real God is. We got these witches over here. We've got Daniel, the dream interpreter over here, who's, who's got all kinds of wisdom. But, but Daniel is the strongest out of all of you. So I'll just put him in charge of administration of all the spiritual people. 
Daniel had an excellent spirit. This is the original man. The one that can, the one that is a dual ruler. Because we are dual citizens, we have a citizenship in heavenly places. The scripture says we are seated in Christ in heavenly places. But this tangible body gives us citizenship on earth at the same time. Now, I don't want to go too deep with this, but I want to explain to you that we as Christians, we as believers, are uh, uh, dual citizenship. We're dual citizens, so we have dual rulership. We must rule with excellence in the spirit. And we must understand the wisdom, the practical wisdom that rules and governs the earth. When you understand organization, when you understand the power of systems and processes to reach people, and you can bring the two together. I always tell our, our graduates that pray as if it all depends on God, but work as if it all depends on you. Some of us are waiting for the wealth transfer. <laughs> we're, we're declaring and claiming, and I love a good money miracle. God has performed some money miracles in my life over the years, and we, we, we enjoy them and we need them. But did you know that man was not meant to live by miracles? Man was meant, not meant to live in revival, but man was meant to live in rulership. The miraculous and divine management, governing of your sphere of influence. And so we want God to steal money from the heathen when they worked for it, when they read about it, when they studied how to manage it, when they showed themselves excellent in kingdom principles, even though they don't know the king. And we want God to supernaturally take it from them <laughs> and put it into our bank accounts just because we say, I'm a Christian. Oh, my friends, if you could understand the power and the expression of God in us as we are praying people, we do spiritual warfare. We walk in the anointing. We walk in the divine power of God and great grace. But then as you access that wisdom, of how to manage. You learn the laws of money. That's when the wealth transfer begins. You know what I think the wealth transfer will be? It will be that believers will become the Josephs and Daniels and we will create innovative products. We will create such high quality, excellent goods and services that the heathen, those the unsaved will come and buy from us. They will want our products because we will be known as the innovators of the earth in the expression of God. We have to go beyond just the spiritual practice. We have to go beyond just our, our charismatic re religiosity. One day, revival's coming. As I said, Coca-Cola has outlasted our revivals and great services. I am calling forth in our generation the kingdom practitioners. I am heralding and shouting to the church today to begin to bring both the spiritual and the practical together until the people in your congregation say when they take office in, in a government position, I was trained in the local church. When, when the, 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 peop, the members of your church are some of the wealthiest in the society, they say my church was a breeding ground 
for business people that function in wisdom that makes the world want to meet the king that has died and saved our souls. I want to give a quick call for whoever might be watching this. If you do not know this Jesus that wants to call you into his kingdom and give you his kingdom secrets, but most importantly, cleanse you of all your sin. He wants to invite you into relationship with him. I want to give you an opportunity right now to receive Jesus. If you're watching this, whenever you're watching this, he died for your sins. God doesn't wish for anybody to go to hell. God doesn't even want to send you there. We're cursed to go there because of the sin of Adam and Eve. And the Bible says that all have fallen short, no matter how good we are, no, how, no matter how wealthy we are, no matter how organized you think you are, we still are a spirit being that is dead in our sins. You can come to the Lord today, and it's so easy. You can give your life to Jesus Christ by confessing your sin to him. Just say, Father, forgive me. I'm a sinner. Father, forgive me. I'm a sinner. The penalty of sin is death. Today I confess my sins. You just tell him that. I confess my sins. Just say, I repent of my sin. And I ask you to come into my heart, Lord Jesus. And wash me completely clean. And then ask him to fill you with his spirit. Just say, Holy Spirit, fill me. After you've prayed that prayer, just say, Holy Spirit, fill me. Make me completely new and use me for your glory. And as you get into the word, I pray for divine revelation. Just as I shared today, some people watching this, especially at the beginning, you think, what is he talking about? Where, where, where is the, the scripture? Well, I showed you in Genesis. I showed you throughout the Bible, the systematic CEO thinking of God. We have to remove the religious lenses and see that the original commission of dominion to the people of God is available. I want to encourage you that have given your life to Christ to plug in to a kingdom-based church and begin to search the scriptures. I pray over your life that you would begin to see the scriptures with fresh eyes. Those that are watching and you say, I've been in religion so long, I couldn't even imagine that the story of creation was God's systematic thinking. I've been, I've been in church for so long, I thought I just had to name and claim. And, and, and some of you might have even been watching and you're saying, where has this been all my life? I've wasted so many years in religion. I want to encourage you that God can accelerate the time. God can multiply in, this, in these next few years greater than you ever imagined. When we in our ministry got into systems and processes, uh, in, in approximately two years' time, we had reached more people than we had in 10 years of the beginning of our church. We had reached more people in just those two years. In fact, it was a little over 250,000 people we had reached by setting up and creating these systems to reach people. I've watched churches grow in numbers as they grabbed a hold of this concept. I want to encourage you today and bless you. I just speak to you as my, my time is wrapping up here. I speak to you. Let your eyes be open. Let a revelation of God be revealed to you.
and may you know the truth, and may the truth make you free. I invite you to check out historymakersacademy.com. Historymakersacademy.com, you'll probably see that address come across the screen. And if you go there, we're having a training, actually. I don't think that it's been posted yet, but the end of October, we're having a History Makers three-day training. It's the one where we get deep into this kind of thing, and we release graduates who really do become the Josephs and the Daniels of their generation. Whatever sphere of life you're called to, there are principles of the kingdom that will, that will bring transformation. There are systems that will bring transformation. I encourage you to plug in, get equipped, no matter what the cost, and watch, no matter what age you are, how God will use you in this generation. Thank you for joining us today here on History Makers TV. I'm your host, Derek Schneider. I hope you enjoyed this apostolic systems for ministry breakthrough. God bless you. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to Transformation Generation Podcast. If you liked what you heard, visit historymakersacademy.com to enroll in one of our cutting edge trainings. Don't forget to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel, History Makers TV, or download our History Makers Society app today.